Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Listen in as we journey to some of Italy's most beautiful places in the company of those who know them best, the families who grow grapes and make fabulous wines. Through their stories, we will learn not just about their wines, but also about their ways of life, the local and regional foods and specialities that pair naturally with their wines, and the most beautiful places to visit. We have a wonderful journey of discovery ahead of us, and I hope you will join me. Hi, everybody. Italian Wine Podcast celebrates its fourth anniversary this year, and we all love the great content they put out every day. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People has become a big part of our day, and the team in Verona needs to feel our love. Producing the show is not easy, folks. Hurting all those hosts, getting the interviews, dropping the clubhouse recordings, not to mention editing all the material. Let's give them a tangible fan hug with a contribution to all their costs. Head to ItalianWinePodcast.com and click Donate to show your love. Welcome to Wine, Food, and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. This morning, we journey to one of the most popular and beautiful places in the Veneto, the eastern shores of Lago di Garda, Lake Garda, just north of Verona, and into the gently rolling moraine wine hills of Bardolino, where we meet our guest for today, Matilde Poggi, of Azienda Agricola Le Fraghe. Buongiorno, Matilde. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here with us. I know this is a very busy time of year for you. Uh, I'm imagining that gorgeous sunshine in, in your wine hills. You live and work in an absolutely beautiful place. Can you tell us a little bit about your story, how long your family have been making wine, and perhaps describe where you are to give our listeners a, a picture of of how special your corner of the world is. Thank you, Mark. Yes, so I am uh, located in northeast of Italy, so we are uh, between the eastern shore of Lake Garda and the River Adige Valley. So uh, River Adige Valley is going to the north till Bolzano, so in Sutirol. So there is uh, every day on, on this area, there is uh, a, a lot of wind because there is uh, changing. Uh, the temperature of the lake is warming up the, the air and then it's coming down, it's moving uh, up and it's coming down the air from the north, which is cooler. So it's a, it's a place very windy and very good to, to grape vines. Our soil is a moraine because there was once a glacier which made the river Adige Valley and the Lake Garda. When it went back, it left a lot of stones and our soil is very rich in minerals. So it's the soil which is not pushing too much the vines because it is poor, but it's, making, it's going to make wines very elegant and, uh, and luckily with not too much alcohol. So they are not pushing too much towards tannins and also sugar level is normally not so high. So we make wines between 12 and maximum 13 degrees, which is something I, I really appreciate in my wines. So my family uh, was moving, we, we are original of Genova, Liguria, and then we, we moved to, to this area in 1881, and we used to grape vines, vineyards, and we, we had also a family wine winery, which began in bottling and selling wines, 
since uh, uh, 1960s. My father was not directly involved in the business, although he was partner of the family winery, but he had another job. And uh, in uh, beginning 1980s, I, I decided I, I wanted to try uh, and challenge with winemaking. And so I started vinifying one little vineyard of my father, and then I went on. And now I am vinifying everything, all the vineyards of my father. And I already also increased the, the uh, buying some other hectares in the area. So I decided to do that. I was very young in 1984 because I was 22. And uh, wine is uh, and vine growing is something already with me during my children's life because we had the winery. And so I remember after the school, we went uh, in the afternoon in October, we came back from school and we went uh, harvesting the grapes. Uh, we were living in a very big family house. We were 19 cousins all together, uh, belonging to, to three families. So my father and his two brothers. So you can imagine it was really... <laughs> Wow, quite a big family. You know, in 1960s in Italy, there was baby boom. So <laughs> a lot. Of, and so we went all together, um, yes, uh, harvesting. And then uh, in November uh, and during the winter when needed, we helped with the leveling. And so it was something. Uh, and I was very much uh, impressed of this uh, seasonal uh, cycle going on in the vineyard. So you start... Uh, in winter, it seems everything is dead, but it's not. And then it's coming, the buds are going to open, and then summer, and then the harvest, and then the leaves are going down. And, and yeah, so it's something uh, I was very fascinated with that. And um, I decided to, to, to challenge with winemaking. So, and uh, that's why now I am uh, more than 36. So this is my 37 harvest. And um, because uh, I went out of this family winery and I started my own winery, the name is Le Frage, I was free to, to make wines. Uh, I didn't have anybody making wine before me as Le Frage. So I decided to make wines I really loved. And I tried to make wines because the winery is small. We have just 30 hectares. So it's, it's a small production. I decided to make wines I really love and uh, uh, to find then consumers who agree on this uh, winemaking uh, idea. So I want to make, wine, make wines uh, that reflect my idea of wine and, of course, reflect also the area where we come from, which is something very particular. Yes, it sounds very special. And I, I love that, that you grew up with wine in your blood and the rhythms of the year and being in the vineyards was just something you had to do. In the 1980s, though, early on, you must have been, it must have been a very brave decision when you were so young and as a woman as well to set out to make your own wines. Yes, it was not easy, but of course, uh, um, I was helped from, with, from my father and who always encouraged that we are six children and uh, four uh, women and two guys. And uh, uh, my father always, always encouraged the women to go on and not to think that they are women and they right. yeah. have to stay behind. So 
Um, and uh, of course, uh, I was very young. I made a lot of, of mistakes. And uh, but uh, I am happy because I know that what it is now, Le Frage, it is something coming, uh, uh, reflecting all my story. So, what does Le Frage mean in in English? Yeah, Le Frage means actually strawberries in our dialect. Oh, of course. Yeah, and. Uh, in Italian is le fr- eh, fragole, but in yes, in our dialect is le frage, and uh, is uh, the name uh, is a toponym, so the name of the vineyard in front of the winery, which was the first vineyard I started to vinify, and we don't know exactly where the name come from because nobody has remembering of cultivating uh, strawberries in this area. But uh, since uh, I am uh, organic, so since 2006, so we are certified that it is till uh, from 2009, I stopped using herbicide uh, and I saw that this vineyard has a lot of wild strawberries in summer. So I guess that the name comes from that, but I'm not sure, of course. Right, yeah. Can we talk about uh, two of your most important wines, the Bardolino Chiaretto and Bardolino itself, and uh, the grapes for that, the Corvina and the Rondinella? Yes. So, yes, the the main grape varieties I have is Corvina, and then I have also some Rondinella. But the main variety I have is Corvina. And because when I I started my winemaking process, I had uh, the old vineyards, I had all the varieties mixed. But since I started replanting the vineyard, as soon as they were not producing uh, anymore, few few grapes, so I I planted the varieties separate. So I could see that in this area, uh, Corvina is uh, ripening much better. So I was increasing much more the Corvina, and now I have about 80% Corvina and just 20% Rondinella. Just to remember that to make Chiaretto and Bardolino, you must have both varieties. Then you can have any additional, some additional varieties, but I decided to have just Corvina and Rondinella. So Chiaretto is my idea of Rosé is to make a very is made, yes, with Corvina 80, Rondinella 20. Part of it is Sagné with six hours skin contact, and part of it is made directly in the press. And it's very pale because I guess is the wine is very delicate. And so I think you must give the idea and to the consumers from the color to what they should expect from the wine. So if you see a very pale pink uh, color, I think that the expectations are for a wine very delicate and with bright acidity and no sugar left. And this is exactly what is my wine. So, and I, I produced uh, in the same number of bottles, Badolino and Chiaretto. So I was increasing Chiaretto much more in the last years. So uh, in the last uh, 10 years, can I say. And, uh, and so we make the same uh, amount of bottles, Bardolino and Chiaretto. Bardolino uh, is made with uh, 13 days skin contact. And uh, we will make it, uh, uh, both wines are made uh, partially in uh, stainless steel tanks or in concrete. So we, we mix then the concrete and the stainless steel to make then the cuvee. 
And uh, Bardolino is, uh, when I go abroad uh, to introduce Bardolino to people, they, they don't have no idea what it is. I think I always say that it is very similar to Beaujolais, although grape variety is different, but it's a, so it's a young red wine, very delicate. You can see through the color, so it is uh, very, it's not, uh, had not too many tannins and is very uh, enjoyable with food. Uh, you can drink it also a little bit cooler and it can pair, um, yes, white meat, uh, fresh cheese, also fish. Fish pairing with fish is very good. And uh, so is a wine, uh, I, I could say, for every day. So the character of Corvina and Rondinella in Bardolino is very different from in Valpolicella on the other side of the Adige. You get this delicacy and freshness. Yeah, yeah, because the soil is different. So uh, our soil is uh, has a lot of stones and is very rich in minerals. So it's a soil which is not uh, going towards tannins. It's not pushing any tannins. And so the wines are low, have low tannins, and so they are very fruity. Very and Badolino is very. Uh, as it is young, it is very fruity, and then it's becoming more and more spicy with some ears in the bottles. And, and you can uh, definitely taste this uh, black pepper note, which is coming out uh, after two, three years of the bo- in, in the bottle. And while by Policella, uh, the soil uh, has more clay, and uh, so the wines uh, have, uh, are more deep, have um, more concentration and uh, uh, have uh, more tannins than Badolino. So, and also we, we should say that uh, while in Badolino, traditionally we make Chiaretto, and the name comes from Vinum Clarum, as uh, when the Romans were here, so it was traditional to make this wine. In Vapolicella, they have a strong tradition to make dried-up grapes wines, so wines coming from dried-up grapes like Ripasso and, of course, Amarone. Of course. Let's talk a little bit about food and wine. Uh, Lake Garda has a very special, mild Mediterranean climate. The Olive Riviera, for example, I think people are very surprised to find olive trees growing so well as far north as Lake Garda, and even lemons growing along the lake. This reflects in the cuisine, and perhaps this special climate is also why wines such as your Chiaretto and Bardolino go so well with the local foods. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the local foods that that pair best with your wines? So for Rosé, I would say um, so that is the king of summer wines. So people drink a lot of Rosé during summer season on Lake Garda, which is also a season where we see a lot of tourists arriving here. And uh, it is uh, very good. We, we drink it like aperitivo or just with the slice of bread with some oil, olive oil or something like that. We drink it a lot with uh, our fresh cheese and sopressa. Sopressa is a very typical salami coming from uh, from Verona and it is very fresh uh, and so it's very good with rosé. And of course, uh, it is very, very good with uh, fish coming from Lake Garda. Fish coming from Lake Garda are very uh, delicate white fish, uh, and uh, so like Lavarello, uh, which is typical of Lake Garda, 
or our torta, also coming from Legada. And uh, and uh, of course, I like very much to drink a rosé with pizza. Yes. Pizza is not the typical food of Verona, but you, you find all over Italy. But pizza, rosé, is and chiaretto is something very special. Yes, I can imagine having a pizza sitting alongside the lake in summer and a bottle of chiaretto would be a wonderful, wonderful pairing. Yes, and in Verona also there is in Verona area there are uh, some pizzeria which is which were considered the best pizzeria all over Italy. Wow! Some years ago, from a, a guide who was selecting the best pizzeria in Italy, so famous for pizzeria gourmet. And for Bardolino, uh, we make a special soup in in Verona. The name is pasta e fagioli. So it is made with beans and pasta, and part, part of the beans are melted. Can you say that? Pureed, yes. Yeah. So part of the beans are whole, yes, and some are not. So it is like a cream with some whole beans, and you can eat uh, it, and we put some pasta in it. And uh, this is very good for Bardolino pairing. And uh, also we eat uh, here some uh, fresh cheeses coming from uh, from the Monte Baldo, which is the mountain right behind our winery, which is 2,000 meters high, and uh, they, they grow some cows over there. They make uh, then uh, milk and cheese, and so it's very good with that. But I would say that uh, Bandolino is a very easy pairing uh, uh, wine, so you can have it... Uh, nearly with everything except for food, which is very strong, with sauces, very concentrated. So it would be too much for Badolino. But if you eat, um, who would say what you eat every day, uh, it is perfect. What about risotto? Because you have the wonderful rice coming from Isola della Scala, south of Verona. I, I imagine risotto is an important part of the food traditions. Yes, it is a very high tradition. So we uh, grow uh, Bialone Nano in, uh, yes, south of Verona and also some Carnaroli, but mainly is with uh, is Bialone Nano. We eat uh, risotto very often. So now, right now, we eat a lot uh, risotto with pumpkin. It's very good to have Bardolino with it, absolutely. And then uh, in spring, uh, we eat a lot of uh, risotto with uh, uh, spargel. Oh, the asparagus. Yeah, okay. And it would be uh, more suitable to Chiaretto. And polenta as well, as well would that be an important part of uh, the local food? Yes, yes. Polenta was, is something in our tradition since ever. They say normally Veneto polenton. Yes. This is when we speak to people coming from Veneto, they say you are polenton. It means you are very low, very young, don't understand too much you. You move slow. You don't want to to make so much, and you are not so energetic. And uh, because we we say that because it is popular, so it is tradition in Veneto. Veneto was a very poor region in the past, and many people from Veneto had to move to US as migrants. And because it was a very poor region, and we were growing polenta, and we were eating a lot of polenta. So we have polenta with cheese, with. Uh, goulash with uh, we make also very good like pasticcio with polenta uh, some fried cheese and some uh, tomatoes 
and then you put in the in the oven and it's very good. Oh, it sounds wonderful. And uh, we we eat polenta, yes, with a lot, and of course with with cheese and uh, with meat, yes, absolutely, and also with some ragu. You know ragu, the one you you eat with pasta, but you can also have some ragu and some polenta, which is also very good, and they make it uh, very often at home. Oh, wonderful. I I wonder, Matilda, if you could recommend for our listeners a local restaurant or or trattoria that serves absolutely faithful cucina tipica, perhaps something near to your winery or in the area. Yes, I would recommend in our area in Cavallon, there is a very typical uh, uh, trattoria. The name is Trattoria Villa which is uh, in Cavallon on the, on the road, which brings, uh, uh, which brings you from Cavallon towards Bardolino. So it's very, very nice and it's very typical food and they make uh, own made pasta. And uh, there are tr- they are three sisters. They work uh, in, uh, in the trattoria and they make very good. And then uh, on the other, if you look for something more creative, uh, more, I would not say Nouvelle Cuisine, of course, but more creative, a little bit, always made with, uh, so with food coming from the area, ingredients coming from the area, I would recommend absolutely Giardino delle Speridi in Bardolino, which has an excellent uh, uh, wine list uh, as well. Now, I know you also welcome visitors to your estate for wine tastings and also have some beautiful agriturismo apartments. So I hope our listeners will perhaps pay you a visit when they are in the area and I look forward to visiting you myself. Uh, yes, so we have, uh, yes, we make, of course, wine tasting uh, for tourists and for visitors and uh, we make, as we have as well uh, uh, agriturismo, two small apartments where we, we can welcome uh, visitors uh, whenever they want, except for during uh, harvest, because I know that during harvest it is very, very busy for us uh, and we are also a little bit, it's not so quiet, so if people look for quiet, would we better? To, to come during summer or, or when, whenever there is not the harvest, because during harvest is a little bit confusion. Of course. Well, I know it's been a very busy moment, and I really appreciate you taking your time today to, to be our guest. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you and discovering your very special corner of the world. So thank you so much, Matilde, for sharing all that you do with our listeners, and we wish you all the best for the 2021 Vendemia. Yes, thank you very much, Mark, and uh, I hope to welcome you and people who are listeners to our winery as soon as possible. Thank you. I hope so too. Bye bye. Bye bye, Mark. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Wine, Food, and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe right here or wherever you get your pods. Likewise, you can visit us at italianwinepodcast.com. Until next time, chin chin.